0: Hello
1: there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host Colin Brown, and I'm joined today by Bob D. Hello there. And Sean Milligan. All right. Okay, so today we're <laughs> going to do a <laughs> today we're going to do a little bit of a discussion on the UK Grand Championship. Uh, Bob, I believe you've been looking into the numbers a bit.
2: Yeah, it was interesting at the weekend watching what lists were doing well, what lists were not doing so well and before we get into it the, there were quite a few people who came and, and said nice things about the cast and and said hi and said they're enjoying it that is really appreciated by those of us who are who are working on the cast and in particular producer tim who does so much hard work so thank you everybody who took a couple of minutes to come and, and shake a hand and, and say thank you we do really really appreciate that so thank you so much for everyone who did that and congratulations to Bartosz for bringing it in with the only resistance list that made the cut. I think he was the he was the last man standing with his five uh, resistance A-wings. Uh, so congrats to him. And looking at the wider data, we had something in the region of 190-ish players that, that turned up and played over the course of the event. And if you take the data and you break it down on the basis of, OK, we had X from this faction, Y from the other faction, you would expect a percentage of about 15, 16, 17 percent to make it of each faction into the cut. The numbers were, were quite surprising in the sense that some of them confirm that calculation quite nicely with the, the Scum, the Imperials and the Republic each ranking about 16 percent of their their number and the separatists managed 25 percent but there weren't as many of them and i think if there was one game difference that would take them right back to 16 because we are looking at small sample size so all of these numbers are very much subject to the the perfectly legitimate criticism that it is a small sample but looking at those four factions they're pretty much where they should be then taking the rebels you're up at twenty two percent of rebel players made the cut, which is some distance ahead with the largest faction of where they where you would have expected them to be. And that maybe reflects on the fact that rebel beef is a is a high floor list, there was a lot of it and it performed well. and it's also a reflection on the fact that you're looking at a fairly low variance faction. The rebels are rolling well modded offensive dice and not nearly as many green dice as the the Imperials are. So over a a reasonably lengthy six-game event, it's not a surprise to see them coming out a little bit on top. But the mega surprise for me is how appallingly the First Order and the Resistance did. You know, all all the other factions did all right, but Resistance, there were 12 players, only one of whom, Bartosz, made the cut. You would expect to see Bartosz in a cut in, in any event he entered because he's got a long track record of making it. And with the First Order, there were 32 of those uh, First Order players. Only one of them made the cut, which is a pretty grim 5% for First Order. And I do, uh, again, acknowledge the small sample size, but it's indicating to me that those two factions in particular are are struggling.
1: Possibly. I think if we look back, though, one of the first system opens of the season, I can't remember which one exactly... There was first order aces in the final. Do you not think taking one event and just... Because there is a lot of variables in X-Wing, right? There's the matchups people get. There's the dice variants they have. You know, what lists different players choose to take. I mean, how much do you you look into this?
2: In a sense, yes. And we've got to work with the data we've got. I'm interested in in looking at the weekend and, and seeing how in one of the biggest UK events we've had and certainly one of the most sort of significant in that a lot of the very good players were there and a lot of players from abroad who are very good had traveled for it so you've got you've got that to to balance the numbers a little it is a single event but even when you start to look at metawing there isn't that much data reported i think they they only had something like 20 games with with double sith infiltrators when I had a look at it earlier today, and, and that's saying to me that, that none of the data anywhere is massive. Yes, there are bigger data pools than this, but I think when you get to a situation where a, a faction is only getting one player in 20 through to the cut, when you would actually expect it to be something more like one in six, that, that says something about the ships. I mean, of course, dice, of course, matchups, of course, poor list selection and player experience and, and those kind of things. But it may be that the, the British players taking resistance and first order are taking the wrong kind of resistance in first order. But for me, we've, we can extrapolate a little bit from the data. The crude numbers are the crude numbers. There's no arguing with them. Where it takes you, well, I think that's for each of us to judge. I mean, for me, it was a large enough pool that, that you can have a look at it and, and draw some conclusions from it, but accept the, the weakness of the data, accept that it's a relatively small pool.
1: Mm. i think one of the interesting numbers i saw coming out of the weekend is the breakdown of how many players brought which faction and it, rebels and imperials by far the most popular which is probably a sign at least of what people think is good uh,
2: yeah i mean we had 51 imperials and 44 rebels so that's nearly half the field yeah taking two factions but they're the classic factions right
1: yeah, I think that is a big point of it, right? They're probably it's probably more than what people think is good. It's more like what people like, what people have, because a lot of people don't have separatists, so they're going to find a harder time to um, to penetrate in further into the tournament to have more people playing. But, I mean, with.
0: I was going to say, but I also think that those because the, because those two factions have more ships, there's more archetypes within them, and, and then people will all they will have easier access to the style that they want to fly. Well, obviously, the rest of the factions, are obviously, a bottom scum, only have a pool of about four ships, so they're quite locked into a certain style. Oh,
1: that's a good point.
2: Yeah, I but think it, that's right. But I think that, that more reflects the number of people who took that faction. I mean, if you look at the Separatists... You've really got to go down a, a infiltrator-centred route, or you can be Andy Cameron and, and boss it to 6-0 and o with loads of little vulture droids. But actually, 2-ship has not been that popular in 2.0 generally, with the obvious exception of Handbrake Han. And if you want to take a swarm, then take a TIE swarm. You know, Inferno Squadron, um, the meta data indicates, is doing really well. And you could just carry on without buying any new ships, flying a very similar sort of archetype. I think the double infiltrator really adds something quite interesting to the game. And there are so many really weird, interesting, janky options that you can you can pull with the, the double infiltrators that there's something very definitely there to explore. But and looking at their numbers as a faction, they seem to be doing okay for the number of people that, that took them.
1: And I think as well with the hyena bomber coming out. We'll have to see how it's priced, but that could potentially add a, another tool into the box for the Separatists. My gut tells me, I think,
0: come Worlds, the Separatist faction are actually going to be quite big. And I think if, I mean, obviously the next wave's out, hopefully wave five's out, and I just get the feeling that they're going to be everywhere. I think they're quite high-skilled. So I think a lot of people might be getting the practice in now and just not quite revealing what they want to bring. Because, I mean, we've obviously got the the points change. So I just... Yeah, I think they're going to be really big down the
1: line. Mm. And there are good players playing them. So Andrew Patterson of the 186, he's a very, very good TIE Swarm player. He won System Open, I can't remember how many years ago, three years ago?
2: It was a long time ago, but there was yeah. still a lot of people there.
1: Yeah, there were. So he's, he knows what he's doing with TIE Swarm. He's written some very oh, yeah. good blogs and he's been on the 186 podcast talking about them. And he flew a Vulture Droid Swarm this weekend. So he's like had his head turned by them. So maybe there is something something to those vulture swarms that we're not seeing or considering.
2: Yeah, I think I think they the dial is different to ties. The offensive output and the way in which they they put it out is different to ties. But fundamentally they are stuff that all wants to be pointing at the same target, that wants to fly in formation, that really doesn't like a rock in the center of the board. And even more than TIE Fighters, is very vulnerable to to one bad round of shooting and then suddenly evaporating.
1: I'm not sure I entirely agree. So they do obviously all want to be killboxing things. But yeah. in a way, they don't fly in formation in the same way as a TIE Swarm because they don't have to be in that range one bubble. They want to be sharing calculate tokens between each other. But they can have a, a much wider kind of arc across the board than a TIE Swarm, which tends to be in that single column. And that lets them do things like fly around a rock in the middle of the board much easier. And in a way, like having eight ships is very similar to having Aiden. Right? You're you're probably gonna lose one in the first round of combat, but so what? You've got seven more.
2: Yeah, and the I mean, I don't think that ties fly in a close close pack just because of Howl runner and just because of Aiden. I think it's also because that enables them to focus fire and and to to find an opponent and just hammer it it's not just about taking advantage of the pilot skills and you're right in the sense that the vulture droids can be launching those those rockets from range three range two it's all good they're getting all the mods so they don't need to fly in in quite as close a formation but in fairness, I, I like the experience to really comment on that. They look like they ought to fly like TIE Fighters. The stats aren't a million miles removed from TIE Fighters, but the the jank is just very different. And until Andy had done so well with them on Saturday, nobody had really done super well with them at a big event. No, that's true. We'll, but I think we'll the overall see. point is right that SIS has got a lot a lot going on and, and I agree with Sean I think it's I think it's a faction to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, so over the weekend you made it to the top 16 flying rebel beef. So we've just been I having did, a chat. Yes. Yeah, we've just been having a chat about why we think rebels might have been doing so well and the beef is definitely the kind of most popular archetype. So why do you think it it did so well and continues to do well, noting it actually won the Seattle System Open as well this weekend.
0: So I think I mean I already picked it up about I think 2 weeks ago. Uh, and I had about eight games with it before heading down to Birmingham. And I think it's it's almost quite a forgiving list in the sense of if you if you're using the B wing options to start with, your dial's not massively open, so you do want to kind of slow crawl forward. But because you kind of want to use the red maneuvers, you're so you're very flexible to where you want to point. I think at the minute the way that that the meta is, everyone seems to be flying kind of kind of. Uh, initiative threes and fours so you've got the advantage with the b wings doing their you know do their one two forwards or banks and still getting really good positioning with your focus and barrel roll and i i just feel like the majority of the opponents that i faced didn't have vastly maneuverable ships to get away from those those big b wing guns i think the games which I lost I mean, the I think the first one I went against Ben Cox from the weekends warlords was Vader, Santi Fell, and an iron gunboard that were moving after pretty much my whole list. And I could only ever get one gun on each of them and I just couldn't pump through enough damage. And he just managed to just chip away 75 points. And yeah. then and then we just went to time. So, it's, it's the sense of it's, it's really good because you can just dish out damage, you can crawl forward, you can hopefully get the engagement you kind of want. There's a lot of other rebel beef out there as well. So, you're kind of roughly moving at the same time, you roughly want to do the same thing. So, it's obviously in that instance, it just comes down to target a priority, and hopefully, you've got better mods and better dice.
2: I mean, I've not flown against it a lot. Did you find that that the strength of rebel beef is just in. Spreading the arcs a little bit and pointing at what it needs to delete, and then letting it get on with it. Or, or did you get a lot of value out of wedge doing some i six stuff and manoeuvring behind the d- more difficult targets? So,
0: in the past, everyone's always said go for wedge. Uh, wedge is the linchpin you kind of want, and obviously, if you're going up against imperial aces, he is the kind of ship that you want to to uh, to try and save. But for everyone else. For me, it's Cassian was the best one there because the ability to clear the b wings um, stress to allow them to do the too hard, then I can do the the focus barrel roll to hopefully get four dice rerolling two with a, a focus was was worth loads and loads and loads.
2: Yeah, I mean, I found um, playing against Rebel Beef with the Skurgs, it was actually a, a decent match for the Skurgs because Rebel Beef's thing is to to point at stuff and shoot it and and being able to loop around into the flank with, with one of them would, would often catch the Beef players out and, and you'd end up with the ship getting effectively free shots into the, the side of the, the pack, maybe with another ship forcing them into bump still getting shots on wedge and and just generally making their life difficult but Cassian was definitely my favorite first target whenever I played against a a rebel beef list which had him in there
0: yeah I mean the minute you take out Leah and especially taking out the stress removal tool from the b-wing just really slows them down yeah because like you say you want to focus stress yourself but if if everyone arc dodges it takes you two turns to turn around and and that's just uh, and that's just a huge issue.
1: So you had. So I've been thinking about the imminent points changes, and if you take Cassian, Braylon, ten, and Wedge, you've got eight points left over. So even if Leia goes back up to eight points, you'll still be able to make that list. So I'm just wondering how important did you find those extra few points you had for bid or for crack shots or however you fill them
0: so i had leia and had four crack shots so that came in at 198 so i i aimed for the one point underneath four phantoms at 199 i think if leia goes up to eight points and it's the full 200 i don't think i would use that list anymore if leia went up to like five points and i would only have one crack shot maybe but leia was too useful for when the knife fight started Mm-hmm. I needed to I needed to use those one talons on the B wings and make sure there were whites. I needed to make sure that wedge could do the talon or four K. So layer was really key. Still,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I wouldn't say you drop layer at all. Did you have tack uh, officer on Cassian?
0: No, I only coordinated two or three times, and I I had a clear route out to get the stress off next turn. So mm.
1: I, I I would rather have the two point bid. Oh, fair. Bob, did you have any other comments to make about the past weekend?
2: Not really. Um, it would be nice to see FOs get a bit of a boost um, in terms of, of points cost. I mean, they've got some really interesting ideas, but it just feels like there isn't the the breadth of ships. Um, I mean, I played played a bit of First Order. I played against Kylo and Blackout, and, and that, was, that was a challenging game until... I managed to get them into sort of open space away from the rocks. And Blackout was a lot less scary at that point. And mm-hmm. Kylo then just had a massive amount of work to do. And I, I played a, a Tabson list in game one. And, and that was fine in the sense that, yeah, okay, Tabson is the, the heart of this list. And Quickdraw is quite good. But either I'll blow him up with two ships or I'll blow him up with three. But I'm certainly not trying to shoot at him with one. And they, they just feel very expensive for what they, what they do. But Metawing Wing says, in fact, that Tavson-based lists have legs and they've been doing all right. It may just be that my experience, I've I've played two when I was in Colorado, both Tavson lists looking to shed shed Tavson's own stress every time so he could just sit back in the corner and do zeros forward, lose his stress on the TIE fighter, and then just let um, either Kylo or quick draw, engage, whenever ready and then turn in with the big gun to to back up the ace and and that's a cute idea but the, the difficulty with it is as soon as you turn in with the big gun to back up the ace you open up the the flanks of the Upsilon shuttle and then it just dies you know it might take three turns to die four turns to die but it just dies and that's mm. the the heart and soul of the list gone and then you've got a TIE fighter with one mega race or a tie fighter quick draw and maybe another tie fighter something else to fill in and kylo just doesn't have the the legs at initiative five to to take on the aces and he doesn't have the damage output to take on the the beef lists so i'm really feeling for first order at the moment i mean if you're going to look at the baddie factions that's the one i have i have Most affiliation, for I guess they they're kind of like well they're not too horrible and do sort of fly proper X-wing most of the time. (laughs) They're not just avoid all shots and and turn up and like oh I roll three dice once and I win yay. They are flying proper X-wing and and engaging and fighting. So I I you know I'm quite fond of them, but at the moment they they for me are struggling in the meta despite some good results here and there. So maybe that's not necessarily a, a thought that's that's grounded fully in logic, but. Certainly my, my heart is saying give those guys a break.
1: Yeah. I think I quite I'm quite sad that you never see TIFOs anywhere. It's always SFs or the Epsilon or Kylo. So I think maybe just the Epsilon squadron cadet being five points more than an Academy is just too much. Maybe they need to come down a couple of points.
2: Well, I, I flew against two you of them what? on Saturday. The 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 list was filled out with, with two of those guys. They were awful. <laughs> <laughs> they they were TIE Fighters. Okay. They were really expensive TIE Fighters that blew up at about the same rate as TIE Fighters.
0: It kinda yeah. feels like that they need some sort of ship that gives them some re-rolls like your howl runner and like your Driafha Scub and maybe that'll bring them into the play.
1: Yeah, I mean they have some cool tricks, like Fanatical's very good and like Optics situationally is very good. It's just it's all a bit expensive. So potentially yeah. like, they could if those prices align correctly, they could get better. Anyway, we have digressed fully from our <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Grand Championship discussion. So I think that means that's all we have time for today. So thank you, Bob, for joining us. ta Thanks very much, Sean, for coming on. Thank you very much. Not for the last time, I hope. And it is goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, everyone.